Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we're talking about the imminent return of Paul Byron. Should the Montreal Canadiens offer sheet Rasmus Sandin? And what are our expectations for the rookie tournament in Buffalo this week? All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 684 of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen. If you're listening us to us wherever you get your daily podcast, or if you're watching our shining faces on YouTube, uh, thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe there as well. We appreciate all of you. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Seba. And for those who are watching on YouTube, you can see Laura is rocking one of our new dope Locked On hats. We are big fans. Laura, how are you doing? It is uh, Sunday uh, here as we're recording this, which means something's probably going to happen. I know we keep saying that it's not coming true, but if I will it into existence, maybe it will. It did come true last week. We said, you know, the Kirby Doc and the Caden Primo and all of that, <laughs> that, that did happen. Um, so it's Sunday, it's Sunday morning, so bear with us. So we, that's when we're recording. So we're going to talk about whatever's going on right now. And our next episode is going to be really cool because we're doing a crossover with the uh, Locked On Red Wings guys, Scotty and Brian, and we adore them and we're so excited. Uh, we, can talk, we can talk about Ben Chirot. <laughs> we can talk about what's going on there and how their rebuild is going and what lessons the Canadians can draw from that. Uh, but in the meantime, we are moving back to five days a week next week, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in this episode uh rookie tournaments coming up so there's going to be you know we're starting the hockey season is starting back up it's training camp it's rookie tournament people are arriving and there's lots to talk about yes and uh before we jump into the rookie tournament and some of the other stuff uh we kind of glossed over this a little bit when talking about um the kirby doc contract Caden primo uh and carrie price is that paul byron's injury timeline has been I don't want to say graduated, but moved up a lot more here in that they anticipate him being ready for camp in the start of the regular season now, which is kind of shocking because the way they made it seem with his hip surgery is he wouldn't be ready until, you know, November, December at the earliest. And all of a sudden, either he's got some of that max patch ready healing factor, or maybe it wasn't as bad as they anticipated, but that's another veteran coming back into the Canadians lineup. And I hate that this is how I have to think of things now is that their cap situation was alleviated for a little amount of time here. And now they've got another piece of the puzzle to fit here. And my first question is, are they going to keep Paul Byron? Because I imagine a guy like him is very in demand for teams wanting to flesh out their bottom six. Or are the Canadians going to keep him and try to move like a Yoel Armia, who also I assume has value in that same role. It's, it's an interesting discussion for Kent Hughes to have now is that does Paul Byron want to stay here through the rebuild or would he rather go and get a chance at a cup? And my thought is I think Byron would be happy to stay here and serve as a mentor for a lot of guys here. Whereas Yol Armia might, you know, want to go and get that chance at winning and everything. And I don't, I don't begrudge him for that fact. And as it stands, I would rather have Byron in the lineup to be quite honest. And that's not a slight at Yol Armia. That's just a preference for the way that 
Byron plays the game of hockey. Right. I mean, he's a lot faster. He's got some of that hockey sense that you need. Um, I, you know, everybody, I think, in this market loves Paul Byron as a team player. He's definitely one of those guys that provides mentorship. He's one of those guys that never complains. You know, you you put him in the lineup wherever you need him, and he will do his best. Uh, he's much loved in Montreal, I think. Um, and I'm a fan. And I think that the way that I look at this is that Paul Byron, to me, is a little bit more injury prone than Yoel Armia. So, like, if you're looking for durability, you would pick, um, you know, Yoel Armia. But also, Yoel Armia still has a lot more of his career ahead of him, um, you know, over Paul Byron. Paul Byron's, like, a little bit more, you know, like I said, like, injuries, shorter time frame, all of that. So it might make sense for the Canadians and the players. Like if you take, if, if you look at what makes sense for both sides, I think you keep Paul Byron and you try to shop Yoel Armia. But if you want to sort of, you had a vision in, in mind for how the season's going to, the start of the season's going to go, Paul Byron wasn't into that, wasn't in that sort of uh, plan. So in that case, you would look to shop Paul Byron. And he, like we said, he's much loved in Montreal for a reason. He's the kind of player that you quote unquote win cups with right like he's the one with the willingness and all of that he the versatility uh obviously he's a bottom six player but he's a high quality bottom six player and so i think that's you know that's where the decision comes to for me i honestly either way i would not begrudge either player or the team and i think that either way i would wish i would wish the player the best whoever they end up shipping out i just feel like they can't keep both right now they can't, and I look at it this way too, is that Byron is in the last year of his contract at 3.4 AAV. Yoel Armia is in the second of his four-year deal that Mark Bergevin signed last summer, and his base salary actually goes up the next two seasons. He was $2 million, $3 million. then it is 4.8 and then 3.8. So the hard part about this is that Armia's contract and the length that is left on it unless the team has a long-term plan for a player like him, which I don't anticipate them doing, he might not be as appealing. And for the Canadians, I think Yol Armia has use. I do. I think last year was just <clears throat> one of those years that everything going everything on. He had per- yeah. He has personal stuff that was going on with his family, his wife or girlfriend. I'm not hundred percent sure which one had a baby. He became a father for the first time. COVID and all that other stuff. There's a lot going on that weighs on a player that impacts the way they play a game. And for Paul Byron, he went through a lot too. He went through that hip injury and rehabbing through all of that. And then after that playoff run, then he came back, then he has to get the other hip done. And I do think he and his wife, Sarah, love it in Montreal. And I think that no matter what happens, they're going to try and keep Byron around just because I think he is a very good influence for a lot of these younger guys. He's a guy who toiled away in the AHL until he got claimed off waivers and became an NHL regular under, you know, the Canadians there. I I will be sad to see Paul Byron go just because he's become kind of a cult hero in Montreal, to be quite honest. I don't think he will. I do think Yul Armia is the guy they're going to try to move. I still think that um, Mike Hoffman is on that list. And I do think that they would be listening to answers on Josh Anderson right now if there's anything out there. But all we can do is kind of baselessly speculate on that until we get actual concrete stuff when people show up to camp. Who's healthy? Who's not? Who, after two preseason games, is drawing the interest of other teams because they're playing well? We don't know. But what we do know is that the Canadians have signed all of their free agents, restricted or otherwise. 
Their biggest rival, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have one big one left. That is Rasmus Sandin. So I'm going to ask the question, should the Montreal Canadiens consider offersheeting Rasmus Sandin? We're going to get into that coming up next. But first, our next partner has a product I use literally every day because Athletic Greens helps so much with my gut health, giving me more energy and helping to optimize my immune system, especially with winter and fall right around the corner here. It's so much easier than trying to take 9,000 different pills, and it's a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what the hype was all about. It's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you are gluten-free, if you're doing keto, you're vegan, dairy-free, Athletic Greens has something for you. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness, and it has it's one of the best products based on the latest science with consistent product iterations from third-party testing. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. There's so much in Athletic Greens that's going to help out. It has, if you you know purchase now, you're going to get a year supply of vitamin D, which like I said, winter and fall is right around the corner. Not as much sunlight. You need that to definitely get through your day and have that energy. So right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so we are back, and we're going to do a thing here where I am relying heavily on the fine folks at Cap Friendly who help make me seem so much smarter than I really am when it comes to this kind of thing. As I said before our break, Montreal has all of their RFAs and UFAs signed, at least all the ones that you know we needed to be worrying about. They are ready for the regular season, ready in loose terms. There are other teams, though, that still have players unsigned and one of them is the Toronto Maple Leafs and that is kind of a big deal for them because according to cap friendly they are over the cap they brought in a couple of guys on professional tryouts but Rasmus Sandin is not signed quite yet he's an RFA and he is eligible for offer sheets and as I look at Toronto's thing here they signed a bunch of guys you know they signed Nicholas Obey Kubel they have Kelly Yarncroft signed you know, they have Alexander Kerfoot, Pierre Engvall, and all these other guys under contract still. But Rasmus Sandin is not, and he is their young kind of hope of the future here on the left side of their defense. And as it stands right now, they don't have any cap space to sign him. So I look at the offer sheet uh, thing here, starting at $1 million to $1,386,490. There's no compensation no matter what Toronto cannot currently match any of this without trading pieces away. And I look at every tier of eligibility, which, you know, all the way up to four first round picks to no compensation. The Canadians can fit into any tier. And I'm not saying that they need to offer sheet him at $10 million. That's crazy. But there's a couple of things here. Like if they were to offer Rasmus Sandin 2.75 a year, that only costs them a second round pick and they can offer for as much term as they want, whether he accepts that they can offer that. 
My question is, Laura, should they do it or is getting into another offer sheet war with the team not worth it at this point? Honestly, I just want them to do it because I want more offer sheets in the league. Like, And Toronto would never trade them Sandine, right? Like trading Sandine is an option for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but they have made it clear behind the scenes that they will not be assisting the Canadians in any way. So the only way to do this is in a hostile manner, which is an offer sheet. And the Canadians right now, they have a log jam of defensemen, right? But you can take somebody away from a division rival and make him part of your future plans so easily when you know that there is, like, we've seen the potential in Rasmus Sandin. He's played enough games that we know what he's about. And we know that if his development progresses well, he could be a decent option for the Canadians. And you don't even need to give him that much money. He's so early in his career and Toronto can't match, right? Or, you, you know, I, I believe they have seven full days to match, right? So in those seven days, between the time that they match and the time that, you know, the, or between the time that they get an offer sheet and the time they match, they're going to have to rethink their plans with all their players on their roster. So I think this is two things. One of them is a lesson in having cap space, not just like sitting on cap space for the sake of having cap space, but giving yourself that flexibility I think is so, so, so important going forward, particularly right now. We know there's a lot of stuff that comes off the Canadians' books at the end of this season. There's some trades that they can make, all of that. But this is a lesson, right? If you want to be a contending team, you can't be pushed so far up the cap that you can't do anything. And as they go into negotiations with Cole Caulfield for his future contract, this is going to be so clear. But also, like, why not, right? The Canadians have a lot of defensemen. The Canadians have a lot of young defensemen. But they need to kind of solidify the future. And this could be a way to do it. And the thing about them having a lot of young defensemen is that Sandine is a left side defenseman, which is where the Canadians have a wealth of people. They have a Norlander, they have Gooley, they have Jack Eye, they have players who are in that spot competing right now. And they're not going to offer sheet a guy to have him play on his offside, I think. And Based on what we've heard talking to people at the NHL draft and afterwards and guests off the show is that Toronto does not like working with Montreal after that playoff series where they felt they were disrespected. I, you should have won. I, I, I don't you know what. You don't want to get disrespected? You should have won. I, exactly. And that's the thing is it's like I don't know where the disrespect in that series was. I thought out with everything that happened in that series, things were fine. But we we're getting off the topic here is that no matter what the Canadians do within reason, like if they were to offer sheet him at, you know, 2.75 or two and a half, and it's just one second round pick, Toronto's going to match that. Like, I can't imagine that they wouldn't because that's their future guy. It'd be like the Sebastian Ajo thing. If the Habs offer sheet him at six years at 2.5, like, guess what? He's going to, you know, they're going to match that because they're not stupid. They know that that's a deal and they'll just trade somebody else. So like, I like how I, Maple is weighing in on the deal too. Yeah, unfortunately, like two and a half is stupid. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, she must have to go out. So, but like, it, it's such an interesting conversation to have because the Canadians are in position to actually do this thing. It doesn't make a ton of sense for them unless they don't believe in a Ghoulie, a Jack Eye right now, and they want to give them a little more time before they have to go. Which, okay, that's fair. I could understand that we want to give Ghoulie and we want to give Jack Eye, we want to give Norlander more time and we don't want to rush them into the NHL. I can respect that. Rasmus Sandin is an NHL player right now. We know that for a fact. 
but I just don't see a level where they're not overpaying for him where the Leafs aren't going to immediately match that. And then we've just helped out your closest rival for years to come. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, I just, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do it unless it's a bold one, but also I think the Canadians definitely have enough players. Like I will say though, that Rasmus Sandin is an attractive option for a lot of teams. It's just unfortunate that the Canadians don't really need to do this right now because a whole bunch of other teams don't have the necessary picks to give him an attractive offer sheet because I would love for somebody else to screw over the division rival. Yeah, for like, the Canadians not to lose their picks. It would be hilarious, to be quite honest for me, is that I really do think, like, in so many aspects, it makes sense. But at the same time, it also doesn't. I want to see it happen for chaos. I want someone to do it. And if it's not going to be the Canadians, I want it to be somebody because there's an opportunity there for someone to get a good young player. Maybe I don't think as highly of him as some Leaf fans do, but I do acknowledge he's a very good young player in the NHL. And speaking of good young players in perfect timing, the Canadians have just released their rookie camp roster for the rookie showcase here in Buffalo, New York. We're going to be going over that list and our expectations for that tournament coming up next. We are back. We are, we're releasing camp rosters, which is, it's the precursor to, well, we're in PTO season a little bit, but now we're getting camp rosters and we're getting excited about dudes who might never play an NHL game, which, okay, is fine. But I have in front of me, the Canadians just tweeted this out, and I'm glad that I saw this as I was scrolling Twitter during one of our segments here. This is the rookie camp roster, and I'm going to read this top to bottom forwards, defensemen, goalies, Owen Beck, Lucas Condotta, Jared Davidson, Pierre Dubay, Ryan Francis, Cedric Guindon, Emil Heineman, Riley Kidney, Philip Mayshar, Jan Mishak, John Parker Jones, Joshua Waugh, Xavier Simono, Yaroslav Kovsky, and Brett Stapley are in the forward group there. Uh, Justin Barron, uh, Santino Centurini Fairbrother, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Matthias Norlin, Miguel Torini, William Trudeau, and Arbor Benz. Uh, in goaltenders, there's Antoine Colomb, Riley Mercer, and Joe Verbatic. And then on the injured list is Logan Mayu. He is clearly traveling with the team just for whatever circumstances that is. That the forward group is very top heavy in that I look at this and that you have your Slavkovsky, you have your Wa, you have your Meshach, your Meshar. And then it's a bunch of guys that it's like, hey, show us what you got kind of thing here before we send you back to camp because it's not like they can send Cole Caulfield. It's not like they can send Jesse Alonen or Raphael Harvey Pinard who have multiple professional seasons under their belt. But it's a big chance for a guy like Brett Stapley who's on an AHL contract right now to kind of show his worth. And I look at this defense and having Baron, Gooley, Harris, and Norlinder is almost unfair. It feels like goaltending is two professional tryouts, but you know what? I'm, I'm very excited. We have a camp roster. There's a lot of exciting guys in here that I actually can't wait to watch play in person. And I I'm giddy. I'm like, I'm, I was waiting for this to happen. I thought they would do this after their physicals uh, during the week here before they traveled, but I got to say, that's a pretty strong group here. I don't know what the other teams look like, the Sabres, the Senators, and the Devils, the teams they're playing, but it's a pretty good-looking team, I'm not going to lie. I, it's basically everybody but the guys who are in college, right? Uh, yes, I believe. 
I, I'm unclear on for rookie tournaments if the college guys can go if they pay their own way or if that's just rookie camp. I'm okay. not 100% sure of the games because they get room and board paid for by the team when they travel and everything, and I'm not sure because the NCAA is a corrupt, disgusting organization. So there is no Sean Farrell. There is no Jaden Struble, unfortunately. There is no Jakob Dobish. And a lot of the guys who are in Europe aren't here either because right. their season right. started already. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to say something. So I know there's a lot of big names on that roster. I know there's a lot of excitement, but I personally, there's two people that I'm excited to see. Uh, and I'm also just getting so jealous because Scott is actually going to be covering it. And I had initial plans to go and watch it as a fan, but circumstances in my life changed. So I can't go to Buffalo this week. Uh, but um, I just, I'm so jealous because, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for all these big names, but I'm also really curious about ML Heinemann. That's who I want to see the most from. That's who I, I want to see what they do with him. And I want to see what he brings because he's been such a big question mark since the Canadians traded for him because it seemed like the people in Calgary weren't as high on him as the people in Montreal. It seems like Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, like they had him as a target, like that's who they wanted. They, you know, they gave up a player who was on such an economical contract for his uh, value and production and they got Emil Heinemann. So to me, like, obviously there's picks involved as well, blah, blah, blah. But I want to see what he's got. He was injured. We couldn't see him in the AHL playoffs. I just, I'm so curious. I'm really glad that you actually said that. Cause that's the name that stuck out to me too, because the last we knew he was going back to Europe to play for Lexand because it was NHL or the SHL for him, which, okay. The SHL is a very good league, arguably better than you know, for him. So my, I am curious to see what he has in there. And then also the other name that sticks out to me is Ryan Francis, who is signed to an AHL contract. He was someone who played very well for St. John in the QMJHL. And the Rocket have been pushing hard with him at every camp thing there. And I've talked to some scouting people that actually really like him. I He's someone I'm interested in seeing uh, what they do here. He's, you know, they signed him as a free agent. He wasn't drafted all that long ago. I want to know kind of what he's got a little bit. I'm really excited. And then obviously that defense core is very, very good. Like across the board in there, there are three guys you can name captain for this team. You can name Justin Barron. You can name Caden Gooley. You can name Jordan Harris. I don't think anyone would blink an eye at any of that. On the other side of things, you could name someone like a Joshua or a Brett Stapley captain or Owen Beck, who they seem to love. The roster's exciting because there's a good mix of guys with something to prove. And guys that we know have high upside and none of it feels like this is just a dude, you know, who is here, you know, like it's not a, this is the goon. This is this guy. Like, yeah, Arbor Jack, I likes to fight people, but we know he has upside to it. it. It's such a stark contrast from what teams have been in the past. My, my biggest thing here is my expectation is all eyes are going to be on Yuroslavkovsky no matter what he does, good or bad, is going to be put under such a microscope going forward. And he's the one that I am most, obviously the most interested to watch because I have never seen him play in person. I've seen Brett Stapley play in person. I've seen Joshua Watt play. I've seen Caden Gooley and Jordan Harris and these other guys. I want to see what Slavkovsky does because all the clips we got from their prospect camp after the draft were impressive. Now he's got to do it against other teams where it's not teammates. I I am very excited to see 
what this kid can do. He he's one of the tallest players there. He's the heaviest player there by 10 pounds, which is shocking because he's a child. I am. I, I, Oh, they have numbers for everyone too. Not that that matters all that much, but um, I can't wait to see kind of what, you know, comes out of this here. There's a lot of names. Um, and I'm wondering if besides Joshua, Wah, who here can say I am pressed in this, I want a longer look in an NHL training camp here. We talked about Brett Stapley a little bit, trying to earn an NHL deal, but everyone here, I mean, for the most part, a guy like Condado is not really going to make it, but someone like a Jan Meshack, a Philip Mayshar, Joshua Wah, a Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, or Norlander, all these guys are fighting for NHL spots in the near future here. It's, it's the first step in a proving ground. And Laura, before we kind of wrap up the show here, what are your kind of general expectations for this tournament besides please for the love of God, nobody get hurt. Right. That's it. And any, anything for me, I'm just excited to see Slavkovsky. Uh, you know, we talked about Emil Heinemann and what he brings, Ryan Francis and what he brings. Um, I also just want to see Slavkovsky play in North America and, um, I'm excited to see him play also against, I'm hoping that the devils will play Nemitz. Um, right. So I'm, I'm just, I'm happy that this is happening and I'm happy that like you get to go to it. And I'm happy that the hockey season is back because we'll have so much more to talk about, especially as we move to five days a week next week. Yes, we will be going back to uh, five days starting the week after the rookie tournament. So the 19th, that Monday will be our first uh, time. Obviously the rookie tournament will be over at that point. We will likely have, I assume, tryout news, any kind of trades or anything. Now that everyone is kind of congregating back towards um, their playing cities, we know there have been informal skates uh, in Laval and Brossard for all these guys. A lot of things are going to happen here in very short order, and we hope you're going to stick with us here. So please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube so you can see our shining faces or mine when I'm sometimes eating overly spicy chicken wings. And as always, when you're done listening to us, please check out Lockdown NHL, where all our local experts have all the news and information you need to have you covered going into the NHL season. Folks, we will see you all next time.